Well, I realize some of you are new and kind of don't really know for sure what the MO is around here uh, when it comes to preaching. And uh, good. Don't quite know what the MO is when it comes to preaching. Um, but we really believe the Bible. Our default generally is to preach through books of the Bible. Um, but, you know, one of the things that's just odd to me, and, and I think some of these things just stick out to me because of where I came from, is that somehow that reality would be such a committed principle that it, the church actually wouldn't be shepherded. Right? Isn't that kind of a strange thought to us? Because of where some of you come from, right? That if there's ever any um, move away from just preaching through a book of the Bible verse after verse, that that would be such a committed principle that the church actually wouldn't be shepherded. And <laughs> it's kind of funny, but that is actually what can happen very easily. You know, in my past, in, in, you have to realize everything we've ever learned about preaching today has come from those who are big and famous. Everything that we've learned about preaching has come from those who are big and famous. Everything that you've thought about the way preaching is supposed to be has come from the Christian leaders of the day. And no one ever thinks we should even question that or think anything different about that. And one of the things that I've heard them say, and you all know where I've come from and how up close and personal I've been to many of them, not many, a handful of them, is, well, I just keep preaching through, keep preaching through the Bible verse after verse after verse, and I just assume that at some point it'll all be helpful somehow. And that's the best we've got. That's the best we've got in a shepherd's care for the sheep. Is, well, it'll all be helpful somehow. Well, maybe. Maybe. Um, that will be true in some ways. And then in other ways, uh, if you don't bring timely words to the church and to the sheep and what they actually need at any given point, you can actually preach through books of the Bible and be entirely unhelpful. And one of the things that, um, when I think about preaching, and I think about you, and I never stop thinking about you, and our other pastors and elders never stop thinking about you ever, is sometimes you, it's just important that you stop and you just talk about things in the life of the church, things in the lives of people, things that are um, issues that need maybe more particular addressing. And what some of you will think when you hear that is that I have some frustration with the church. And so, therefore, this particular week, I'm going to address some particular issue just because I want to talk about it. And I just want to assure you that that just has nothing to do with it at all. The nature of shepherding is applying Scripture to God's people. That is the nature of what a shepherd does for the sake of the good of their soul. 
And so um, one of the reasons, and you would never think this because you have to realize that everybody who's big and famous and all the glitz and glamour has become very skilled at something. They become very skilled at appearing very pious and very devoted to God, but really all they're doing is protecting themselves. And, I mean, one of the things I've been criticized for down through, you know, the time in our church is, you know, for stopping kind of our series that we're kind of working on through the life of the church and addressing anything in particular, anything specifically that varies away from what the plan is at any point in time. And um, I don't know how to fix that. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know how to fix that. But I do know that occasionally what I've learned is that when I can't get away from something in my thinking for the, about our church, when I just can't get away from it, and when I am trying to do what I've said I'm going to do and what the general plan is for this year, which remains, and I'm studying and reading, and I, in my sense, is that there's... I have this thing in my heart that I need to talk to the church about that I cannot escape. And then on the other hand, I have the plan. What I've learned is, is it's just better sometimes to vary from the plan for the sake of the church. And so that's what I'm going to do this morning is we're going to vary from the plan. And uh, my, my hope is that what you will receive this morning will actually be really clarifying for you about um, marriage and about, in particular, a woman and a wife's responsibility to her husband in marriage and, um, and, and before God. And so that's really where we're going to go uh, today. And, and even, in my, even in my notes... I was trying to figure out how to keep the plan, but everything about it wanted to drift towards this. It wanted to drift towards her wife's responsibility to her husband in marriage, and I just couldn't get away from it. And I think it's because I've been trying to figure out just a reality that happens with women and wives in their marriages and trying to understand it and thinking about it and thinking about it and thinking about it, having conversations about it and seeing it coming up over and over and over again. And I felt like, you know, we should probably just talk about it. And we're not going to try, we're not going to try to talk about it in combination with the rest of the plan for talking about the church necessarily this morning. So if you would, would you turn with me in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. I want to say that when I say that pastors become very skilled at avoiding all suffering and looking very pious and then but not actually being very pious, one of the ways they do that is by preaching through the books of the Bible. And we had a our staff had a, a couple of our, our two pastors, Joel Nesman, had a conversation with another pastor at another church, much larger than ours recently, and the frustration of the pastoral staff was exactly this. 
We are so committed to preaching through books of the Bible that we have to write blogs to fill in all the gaps to shepherd our church. That was the frustration of the pastoral staff. Right? So when I, just know that when I talk about these things, when I say these things, they always usually come from some real personal experience about how this is getting worked out. And I just think, why are you so committed to that? Just shepherd the people for crying out loud. Yes, be committed to Scripture and preach through books of the Bible. That is our default here. You know, we just at Christmas finished Luke, which took eons to get through um, with some breaks through a few other books of the Bible in between. But uh, I don't want to be a slave to it. And I don't think we should feel like we should be slaves to it. This is a good gift of God to preach through books of the Bible. And it's a terrible master when love requires us to step aside and just do something different. And so Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. Then the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. Let us pray. Father, thank you for your words. Thank you for your creation. Thank you for man. Thank you for woman. Thank you for what you have given each one to be according to your blessed design, according to the measure of your grace towards us to uh, represent you, to reflect and display your glory, to display your nature in the world. And I pray that your Holy Spirit would be present in a way that would really bring opened eyes, enlightened eyes, ways of seeing, thinking, living for the women of our church towards their husbands that will bless them with happiness and holiness, that will bless their husbands, that will bless their children after them and their grandchildren after them. And so I pray that you would help Uh, today with this, and we trust that you're in this. In Jesus' name, amen. So I want to speak to every woman here for a second, and you know, the nature of my life is to spend a lot of time thinking about marriage and its difficulties, and this morning I'm not really going to speak in big picture general terms about what it means to be, for a wife to be a helper, a suitable helper to her husband, I am going to be really speaking very specifically about a particular way that a wife is to be a helper to her husband. And so it's important, I think, for all the women of our church, you realize I correct the men of our church endlessly. And I never stop correcting the men of our church. You know, it's just, it's just endless. And all the men of our church know that, you know. I mean, they all know that if they've been around here for long, because um, it's just so critical for men to be manly and men to be godly and men to be Christians for that to happen. And I just wouldn't be who I am if men didn't just correct me all the time. You know, I just wouldn't be who I am if that wasn't the case. And so um, God's discipline is very good. And I spend a lot of time correcting the men of this church, way more time correcting the men of this church than I do correcting the women of this church. And one of the reasons, just because it's very natural, I go to lunches with men of the church often. I, um, and so uh, that's, it's, it just much more naturally happens that way, and it's required. 
for men to lead in his church for that to be the case. And so it's important, I think, that you understand that it's very, very disproportionate. It's very disproportionate. And, um, and so just hear me, women of Bloomington Bible Church, as I spend a moment teaching you and hopefully helping you and clarifying some things for you and correcting you um, that I correct your husband far more. And I also want you to know, I'm kind of frustrated myself at the fact that men seem to have just, all of the men of our church seem to have just the most terrible time relating to you emotionally. You know? I, I just kind of have a frustration about that with the men of our church. And um, I want them to get better at that. The thing that I remember is that when my wife and I were getting to know each other, you remember the thing she wrote down on her list of reasons why not to date me. Right? And you re- realize, if she's writing a list of reasons not to date you, it's over already, right? <laughs> right? You're too much in focus to get that kind of thinking. <laughs> that, you know, it's like, that just is probably not going to work. But you, you know that the thing that she wrote down on that list, as I've told you many times, is that he's emotionally constipated. (laughs) Written down on a notepad, those two words. And I realized that I had to learn how to relate to my wife emotionally. And um, my dad was tender in some sense, but absent in many ways. And so emotional intimacy was just a thing that I had to learn and grow in. I, you know, it wasn't something that was taught to me well. And so I had to learn it and understand better. And so, ladies, trust me, I am just kind of frustrated by <laughs> trying to help our men get it. And some days I just don't know quite how I'm going to help them get it. But we're going to get there and we're going to get better. I could joke and say, I know that you're all mad about it, too. <laughs> and you keep looking at your husband, and what you're saying when you keep looking at your husband is you, you, it's, it's, it's like this. You, you didn't love me here, and you didn't care for me here, and you didn't care for me emotionally here, and you didn't love me 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 here. You know, Therefore, I have no responsibility to you as a wife before God. And um, that's just a formula to make you miserable. And the reason it's a formula to make you miserable is because, because it puts all of your faith and trust in your husband. And it puts all of your faith and trust in, in the created order and in creation, and specifically in your husband, to satisfy your desire for being loved and cared for. That's what happens. It's, it's, it's just the age-old sin of worshiping and glorifying the creation. And in specifics, your husband. And you're never going to be happy putting your hope like that in your husband, ever. Just never going to be blessed of God and enjoy the life that God has given you under the sun doing that. You never will be. And I want you, actually, really want you, I delight in seeing happy wives. And happy women of God who trust God. 
and do what God has given them to do as helpers. And so, you are a fitting helper to your husband. You are his helper. You are made to help him. That is, by nature, the very creation of what a wife is, is a fitting helper, a suitable helper. A God-made and shaped helper for man. And when married, for your husband. A woman given to her husband. It's not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. And so, your entire being as a, as, a, as a wife is helping. That's the entire creation purpose for a wife is to be a fitting helper. And if you've heard this taught before, you'll, you, know, you, you know that a lot of the things that get talked about are, well, here's how you in particular are a fitting helper and all of those kinds of things specifically. But I don't really want to go there with that, I, I want to correct something that I think is messed up in our understanding about this. And here's where you go very wrong. And this is where everything, this is one of the pieces that really starts to get everything upside down and your responsibility before God. Is what you think is, my husband is supposed to take care of me and love me and be thoughtful of me and... Um, be there for me emotionally. That's what you think. Then the next thought you think is, and if that's the case, then um, I'm supposed to help him sexually. And I kind of want to correct that nature of what just I just said and how that plays itself out. Because what actually is supposed to happen is you are his helper. And you are supposed to actually help him emotionally. But what you think is, is that you have a husband just to help you emotionally. But it's backwards. You have it backwards from the start, and so you expect him to be your helper emotionally, but he's not your helper. He's your leader. You are actually designed to be his helper emotionally. So what would the kind of realities that a man would be left without if you do not help him emotionally? Manly kinds of emotions, not womanly kinds of emotions. Well, what's, it, what's in the text? It's not good for man to be alone. Alone. So how about loneliness? Right? Loneliness. Your husband, on his own, is terribly alone. He feels lonely. It's not good for him to be alone for all kinds of reasons, 
But one of them is because the emotional torture of loneliness. And so you are to be His fitting helper to help Him emotionally with loneliness because you're His company. Or given the fact that man is the head of woman and Adam was created first, right, in this very context, right? And man, given the responsibility of ruling and leading, how about that he feels like he's somebody rather than nobody in your home? that goes with his responsibility and authority to oversee the home and its spiritual direction and its vision and its education and its everything that is the responsibility of man to be a benevolent authority in the home over his family that you would actually help in giving him some level of significance. In other words, you are to be a helper that actually affirms his significance. His importance in God's world as a man who's supposed to be doing the work of a man. You are to help him emotionally. And I know he probably doesn't even know this about himself, right? But you know this, probably about him better than he does, your sisters. You know this about him better than he does. But if you think that your job as a wife is just to train your husband how to love you emotionally, I just don't know a better formula for you to just be bitter and cold and for your children to be distant. You, you to be watching your grandchildren. Caring for your grandchildren. I just don't know a formula to be an unhappy, a better formula to be an unhappy and bitter older woman. And we live in a day with a lot of bitter and unhappy older women. I mean, you should have seen the woman standing at the Y a few weeks back just shaking her head at us because I couldn't figure out why. I didn't know if it was because our children were just happy and smiling or what. And that's the way it is when, when you realize when my wife, you know, when our kids were younger and she would, you know, takes the pile of children. You all know you take them through the grocery store. Much more likely are older men to be sweet and soft to children than older women today in the grocery store. I just don't want the women of our church to be like that. That's all. And you're going to be like that if you think it's... Your helper job for your husband is primarily to help him help you emotionally. 
and you don't understand that your entire creation is for Him. And so if you get your eyes off yourself and onto the God who made you and become His helper, emotionally, it will bring far more blessing to you and happy, much happier is the woman in the home, the wife who helps her husband. Helps her husband. I mean, even, even the marriage bed really is to a man is just that he's somebody in the world rather than nobody in some sense. And if you think, it's just if you think your primary job is to help him help you, it will always fail. And here's what you will do. You will lie and lie and lie to your husband. You will manipulate and manipulate and manipulate your husband to try to get these things from him. And you will complain and complain and complain about your husband. And you will do it to your husband. And women of this church, my sisters, every single man in the world that you do that to will never, ever open up to you emotionally. Ever. It will all drive him to the corner of a roof. He would rather live on the corner of a roof than this to be the treatment in his home day in and day out. Because here's what you think. You think when he comes home from a hard day of work, well, he's been at work, now it's his time just to focus on me. Did you ever think he went to work all day long? Did he shouldered weight and responsibility all day long? Do you think maybe when he walks through the door, I'm his helper? How can I be a help to him? I'm made for this. And you have to get your eyes off you and your selfishness and your desire to get love from him more than God wants you to have it. You have to do that. I don't know what exactly ever helped us with these things. When we were, I would say probably when we started, when we, we started dating and kind of in our, I don't know, what, year of engagement, 10 months of engagement, and when we were dating, um, one, I was emotionally constipated, and, and two, my wife was way overly emotional, right? That's kind of how it goes. And, um, you know, we had to work through this for a long time 
And one of the reasons that I think it has taken me longer to understand this is because for a, a, a decent period of time, I was always actually fairly temperate, you know, just steady, you know, pressures on, just kind of still steady, you know, all kinds of difficult situations come up when I worked at Lowe's and I was under the delivery department and I eventually became the manager of the delivery department because I got promoted, probably because I got a college degree in psychology. And so I was like the top of the body feeding department in a retail store. <laughs> and things would be crazy. Because, right, somebody on the floor, on the sales floor, wanted to get a washer and dryer to somebody, and they way overpromised what we could ever accomplish in the delivery department in order to get a sale, right? And so now, somebody's calling me, saying, you know, uh, they called in, When's my washer and dryer coming? I'm like, I don't know. When is it supposed to be coming? <laughs> because it's supposed to be here today. Okay, okay, all right. Well, that wasn't in the plan. And all my delivery trucks are full, and they're off going somewhere, and we have a crisis now to figure out, right? And so in all the ups and downs of just all those kinds of things, always really pretty steady. Not real high, not real low, just kind of steady. And, uh, um, and so, in some ways, I think it took us a while to actually learn this together with my wife and I because I was pretty steady, not real high, low, emotionally, no, um, until, uh, until, I, until God brought us here to plant a church. Then I struggled more with life, more so than I, more so than I realized when I first started, especially. And um, I think for my wife, what, what she learned and realized through that was she actually just had to be my helper. She had to help me emotionally process the realities of what, what we were doing here. And I don't hear that in some, I really don't mean that in any kind of patronizing way. I'm just describing to you just the experience a little bit. I don't think it's surprising to anybody that sometimes pastoring is hard, right? So, uh, but I was a little more high sometimes, a little more low other times, and my wife had to come along and actually just help me. And on my worst days, when I was the most depressed, um, she was not coming to me and griping about how I wasn't loving her well enough. She just never did that. She just never, ever did that. And do you know the effect of that? The effect of that over days and, you know, over the years now? I just love and adore my wife. And I just give thanks to God that somehow... Before I ever understood these things, she was doing that and figuring it out. So now I'm her cuddle buddy and it's everything she ever dreamed.
Happy are the women in the home who trust God and give themselves to help their husbands. And emotionally is a key word to switch around the way we think about this. It's the key word to switch around how we think about this. Because we always joke that men have no emotions, but men have all kinds of emotions. And one of the most common ones is loneliness. And the other one is to feel like they want to be at least somebody in the world rather than nobody. Miserable are the women in the home who crave and crave and crave getting all of their emotional needs met. The problem is everybody else goes down with it eventually. So, I'm actually just going to stop there today. And we're here for you. And if we can talk through anything else to further this for you, we would be glad to. The women of the church are here for you. I actually think in our small groups, the women of our church should actually talk about this for the next couple weeks during their, whenever the women are together and however your small group is operating, should talk about how do, what does it mean to help my husband emotionally? (laughs) Just sounds funny to say, doesn't it? That your husband needs help emotionally. He's an emotional being. He is, even if he doesn't realize it. And I think you should talk about this. And I think if there's anything we can do to talk this out further, help you, help you shift from the selfish mindset in your home to directing your thoughts towards God and your creation design, um, then we are here to help you. Okay? We really are here to help you. And I hope that there's just something about this that is clarifying for you about what is going wrong in your homes and maybe has gone wrong for a long time. And look, if this is a pattern of sin in your home, what did Jesus die for? What did Jesus die for? What did Jesus die for except to pay for the penalty of those sins and to actually, by the Holy Spirit that he gives you, actually learn to live the life that he made you to live? Putting others before yourself, starting with being a helper as a woman in your home. This is the word of God. This is the word of God. A helper that's fitting and suitable. So much more could be said about that. But you understand today's point. Father, thank you. I know that many of our wives are striving for this in in the life of our church. And I, I pray that this would additionally edify them, that you would build them up. And um, are, they're striving to be good helpers, and they are. And I pray that this would additionally clarify for them the work of being a helper towards their husbands. 
Father, I pray that in the community of your church, you would fill in gaps that I've left open, questions I've left unanswered, and there may be particular places of hurt that need helped, um, that in the community of our church, that you would bring those kinds of helps to your people by your spirit and your word, through the words of one another, that we would gain wisdom so that we can actually see through the fog of what is living in a sin-cursed world and actually obey you. Father, lead us to repentance. Lead the women of our church to repentance for their pulling and pulling and pulling and manipulating and lying and nagging in order to be loved. Lead them to repentance. And then help them and build them up to walk more humbly, to love more selflessly, and to actually be the kind of wives that you have designed them to be. And I do pray that the homes in our church would become happier places. Because you say, now that you know these things, Lord Jesus, you said, blessed are you if you do them. Thank you, Father, for your words and for informing us of your truths and revealing yourself to us and revealing what it means to be a wife to us extensively. And I pray that our church would have confidence in your truth and actually believe them all of our days and our children would follow after us in trusting in God and not putting our trust in man or husband or child or any other created thing. So thank you, Father. I trust your spirit in this. In Jesus' name, amen.